everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Unplug with Annie. I'm continuing the series of fears and I have the lovely Rebecca on the show today. She has spent her lifetime seeking the answers to, to the meaning of existence, questioning the meaning of life, um, and just really wanting to, to, to find out that there was much more to this confined world than she thought at the beginning. And I think she's always had the feeling that there has been. So her entire life has been dedicated to finding purpose through self-exploration, movement, and external and internal change. Um, she had a major transition about four years ago where she transitioned out of her career in the corporate world to pursue her calling and she's now devoting her time to her personal growth. She works with a lot of children, she teaches holistic health practices, um, vegan living, she's traveling, she's writing and um, she's doing some amazing work and she, she recently returned back from an international mission trip in eastern Guatemala with Outreach for World Hope and they're doing some amazing work out there for families in need and she really believes that we all have the capacity to change our external world by by changing our perspective of ourselves and I think we're going to have a really interesting conversation today so I'd like to welcome Rebecca to the show. Hi, Rebecca. Welcome to Unplug with Annie. Thank you so much for being part of the series called Fierce. You were definitely uh, one of those people on my list who I, I knew had to be on this series because it's all about powerful women, women who really um, have been through a lot personally, but are just, you know, constantly helping elevate others on their journey as well. I think that's so important and that's something which you do so well. So um, all about women supporting women. So thank you so much for doing this. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh no, it's such a pleasure. So I want to, I want to obviously know uh, a lot more about you and I'm sure the audience do as well. But you, you spoke about, you told me a little bit about yourself, of course, but that you, you were driven by finding a, a deeper meaning to life. And I just wanted to start by asking you a bit about that, um, because I feel like, I think we all do this at some point, but I'm not sure. Um, I don't know if all of us do it or we just sort of go through life blindsided. But was it, was it a question for you um, in regards to like what your purpose is here on this planet or was it, was it something else? What, what was that like for you? Honestly, I've... I've been asking that question from a very young age. I've always felt very different from other people. And I think it was because of my upbringing. I came from parents that were immigrants from Mexico. And so I'm first generation um, New Mexican. So I was born in New Mexico. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I feel like having the challenge of, of, you know, coming from immigrant parents that didn't have, you know, an education. And I felt like I, I almost had the responsibility, like it was a big responsibility that I, that I held over myself to make it, right? Because they didn't have the opportunities that we do here in America. And that's really the reason why they crossed over, right? Mm -hmm. And so they never took advantage of the system. They worked really hard and they always, um, they always really instilled like a really strong work ethic and spirituality and and relationship with god was a very it was a very important dynamic in our in our household 
And um, so from a very young age, like I was raised in church and, you know, spirituality was, was definitely a part of my life, but also, you know, just having that sense of, of purpose, like, I mean, that's something that we learn when we go to church. That's something that we learn when, when we're in that environment, right? Where it's like, we're here for something bigger. What is that? And I think that a lot of times uh, we get so involved with what's happening in society that we do everything by the book. Like we go to, we, we go to high school, we go to college, then after college, we graduate and we get a job in our field or whatever. But it's like people never really take the time to explore themselves one and then to really explore like the world and what's out there and the different types of people. So after I graduated high school, I was born and raised in New Mexico. And then right after I, I graduated high school, I moved to Chicago. Talk about culture shock, right? <laughs> I'm like, I'm the youngest, I'm the youngest of four and like the only one that left. And moving to a city like Chicago from a small town in New Mexico was, was something that really uh, it just threw me into the world and it's like either you figure it out or or you go back home and like you just go back to where you came from right yeah. and so ever since then like I just been questioning it like is 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 religion the only thing is like is going to college and getting a job after school like the only thing and I would always question that you know and through my life experiences um, I realized that there was more, you know, through the people that I met, through the experiences that I had, through the through the different career changes that I had. And I always reverted back to, like, it's funny because people um, would always come to me for advice, would always come to me for, you know, like a sound mind. And I felt like that was always, always something that I was really good at. I just didn't know that I could really make a living off of it, right? And so transitioning from different career paths and moving to different cities, because after, after I uh, left Chicago, I went to LA. And then from LA, I went back home for a little bit. And then I went back to Chicago. And from Chicago, I went to Can uh, to like the Kansas City area. In Kansas, I, went to, I came to Arizona. So I've had so much movement. Mm. And um, and through all of that, it's it's always been like, well, you're so inspiring. You're so inspiring. Like you do all these things, and with no help, it's always been on my own, right? Mm. And and that really what got what's got me to here to this very moment is like, okay, so that's really what we're supposed to be doing is we're supposed to be helping people. And through my own experiences, I've been able to help people you know, just, just through giving them advice and what I've been through, you know what I mean? And that's, that's really what has helped me kind of, um, get to the place of we're all here for something bigger, you know, and whether it's people that stay in the same place or people that keep moving, like our, our, our interaction with people is our purpose. Our interaction with our own experiences is our purpose, right? Yeah. And yeah, yeah, ever since I was young and with all the movements that I've had, that's really what's, what's allowed me to, um, to come. And I guess, I guess the thing is, is that we never really arrive. Right. And that's always, that's something that I always was like, um, was striving for to arrive to a certain place and with yeah. all the movement i had i realized you know what i'm we're never going to arrive we're never ending evolution 
and we just go through these life experiences, the people that we interact with, the belief systems that we have, they're going to constantly change, but there's always a core. Like the foundation that I had with my parents was that's, that's the core of who I am, right? Mm-hmm. And then we kind of can work around that. Yeah. Through, yeah. That, through I mean, all the experience. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you really said something important that we never actually arrive. Um, that's quite, that, that, that's a very interesting way of putting it. And I think, um, you know, a lot of us are in this kind of bubble uh, somewhat of just, um, yeah, just sort of blindly going after our dreams and goals and, and, and wanting to, wanting to feel that um, completeness, I guess, and feeling that that completeness would come from achieving something. So mm-hmm. how, how do you, since you have brought it up now, I would just be curious as to how, how do you find that, that peace in that process of, of letting things happen and understanding that you might hit that one goal, but then there's a whole bunch of other goals. And like you said, you never actually arrive. Yeah. So because I'm the type of person that has never really limited myself, like I really allowed myself to, if I, if I have an idea for something, I go and do it. And if it doesn't work out, then I try something different. Right. But so in 2012, I trained and ran my very first marathon. Okay. And I was in the runner. I was never a runner. In fact, my parents, because of the belief system that we had, like as um, growing up, I couldn't wear, I wasn't allowed to wear uh, pants. I could only wear skirts. Okay. And okay. <laughs> skirts or dresses. And wearing skirts or dresses, I was kind of limited to a lot of things because I couldn't, I mean, you can't run and like play sports and that, right? So I never allowed myself to be like in any athletic, um, like, like any sports or, or running or stuff that I was curious about because I was so limited on what, how I could do it. Right. So when I was older, I saw my, or in 2012, I saw my best friend at the time, um, run her very first marathon and she wasn't a runner either. So I was like, well, she can do it. So can I, right. (laughs) So that year I enrolled myself um, into the Chicago Marathon and I uh, ran and trained with the the AIDS Foundation of Chicago. And I remember so many things happened that year, but I remember crossing the finish line and thinking like, oh my God, like I did it. I put my mind to it and I had the discipline and I did it. So if I can do this, I can do anything, right? Yeah, and yeah. so I ended up enrolling for another one. And I, so I, I ran five marathons. Wow, amazing. And I never thought that I could do that. And I pretty much applied that to everything else in my life. It's like if you apply yourself and you, you make a decision, right? You make a decision. And like with marathon training, you have to have a plan. Like there's usually like an 18-week um uh, in, intensive training program that you have to put yourself through. I recognized that like, you know, after, after, after my very first and recognizing that I've never been a runner. And in fact, like, if I can do this and go through all of like the, the life experiences that I've been through, like, there's nothing that I can't do if I don't, if I, if I apply myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being able to run five, because I ran them five years in a row and I ran 
the Chicago Marathon three, three years in a row. And then I did LA and I did Huntington Beach. And I trained myself. Like I just followed, I followed a program that I, that I, um, that I followed when I did it the first year. And I was like, if I just follow these steps and granted, it wasn't, it wasn't perfect. Right. Like there was a lot of things that I learned about myself through those five years in discipline, um, you know, gaining momentum and just being consistent, right. Being consistent. And so many th things changed over the course of that, those five years, like I moved to different cities and, and, but it's still like, I stayed on the course of like, okay, um, this is what I'm going to do. And it's things change or whatever. Like, I'm just going to be fluid with that. But marathon training was really the, the very, the very, um, I guess activity or, or a uh, goal that I had where I was like, I'm going to do this one time. And if I can do this, this one time, then that means that I could do this multiple times and I could do so many other things along with that. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was the act of just making the decision and doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then recognizing that, that I had this major goal. And when I achieved it, I thought to myself, like, there's more. I could do so much more. Yeah, of course. And you know, like, um, I read a lot of, uh, I read a lot about psychology and, and I'm like really into neuroscience. I love studying the brain and, you know, we don't, as you, as a humanity, we don't use, I mean, we use like 10% of our brain. I know. I, I have heard that, which is just like mind boggling. It is. There's like no, there's. They say that, that, you know, women are right-brained, men are left-brained, but in reality, like, we have the capacity, the entire brain is always functioning, it really is up to you to act, to, like, fully activate it, mm -hmm. and, I mean, through my evolution, I would never imagined being where I'm at now, so yeah. I know that, like, there's, there's more opportunity for me to rise even higher, you know, yeah. and that's when I recognize that we, I'm never going to arrive. I'm never going to rise. So what am I striving for right now? True. You know? True. And I can't limit myself. There's, there, like, the sky's not even the limit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, no, it's, it's, it's so true. But how was it for you? Was, it, was there a light bulb moment for you? Because you were, so you were in the corporate fashion world. And to completely sort of have this career shift, was it, was it down to, was there one specific moment which made you think, like, this is just, I'm just in the wrong place. This is not what I want to do. Or was it, was it a certain incident or experience which led you to, to make that, that move? There were so many things that happened, but I, I, I was actually thinking about this earlier when you sent me the questions because um, I was like, I have to think of one specific scenario. And I was talking to my parents about this when we were at breakfast uh, in 2012. And I feel like 2012 was a very pivotal moment or a year for a lot of people because as mm -hmm. as i have these conversations like these important conversations with more and more people i feel like 2012 was a major shift for for many but i remember i was living in chicago it was my last year i was working for a publishing company um downtown chicago and we were like on the 18th floor and i had the most amazing view of of uh downtown like the skyline mm -hmm. and i remember my dad got really sick he uh got this rare disorder called Guillain-Barre syndrome so it affects your nervous system and he was basically paralyzed from his hands to his feet and my dad has always been a very active person like he's he's very ambitious very hard worker and he's in his 70s now and he looks like he's I mean he looks really young 
Um, but this happened to him when he was in his 60s. And um, again, very rare. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, like my parents are getting older mm -hmm. and I'm working, I'm working this job and I'm busting my ass every single day. You know, like I hustle. I mean, I've been a hustler my entire life, right? Like always yeah. either freelancing, working full time, going to school. Like there's always been so many things that have been happening. And I remember thinking like, I can't, I hardly ever see my parents. They're getting older. My dad's really sick right now. I don't know how long he's going to be sick. And I'm stuck in this job. Like I thought it was my dream job at the time. Like I remember before I got that job, I was like, oh my God, if I get this job, like this is it, right? <laughs> Yeah. And it didn't like, I, and I, and I, I remember that month I quit my job. I went into the, I went and talked to my manager and I was just like, you know, my father's really sick and it's just made me question a lot about just everything that I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. And, um, what's really important to me. And I, I struggled with my health my entire life. And I know that if I don't take care of what's really important which is my own health so that i can help to take care of other people what's the point mm, what's the point you know what i mean yeah. and so i ended up leaving my corporate job back then and then um i ended up getting back into it for for reasons like uh you know it was it was kind of like the the opportunity fell into my lap and it was the opportunity to go back was going to elevate me in, in another way, right? That's when I ended up moving to Kansas for, for my corporate job that I was going to have international experience with. But that, that experience, me, my father getting sick was like, okay, yeah, this is getting real. You know what I mean? Like, I can't be good. I'm not going to continue to live this life, um, you know, hustle with no purpose. You know what I mean? And not being able to like spend time with the people that really matter to me. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, so yeah, of course. I, I, I can imagine that being d definitely a trigger to, to changing your lifestyle and, and thinking about life differently for sure. Yeah. And you know, so they told my dad that they couldn't tell him how long it was going to take him to heal because some people never healed from that. Wow. And this is when I knew that mindset was very important because my dad has always instilled positivity and, and mindset elevation. Like he, you know, for him not having an education, that man is a philosopher. Like I can't even believe how intelligent this man is, but he reads a lot and he applies himself. Like mm -hmm. he applies the, the, um, just the intention of, of positive thinking and he healed himself in three months. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Back to where, I mean, he was, he was, he was walking with a walker. My mom was feeding him. She was bathing him. She was helping him get out of bed and he was back at work in three months. And that's when I realized that we, our bodies are self-healing organisms. If we give it everything that we're supposed to give it, it will heal itself. Mm, yeah. It will heal I, yeah. It's, it's really amazing. Cause I, I've also been reading about, um, uh, a lot of the work of um, Joe Dispenza recently and, and Love him. yeah it's just it, it is incredible and and almost like you have these moments of like you want to believe it and it's hard to believe and and then you know I've, I've read all these case studies from people with similar you know either health conditions or really they've come out of something really um, 
turbulent in their lives, but have healed themselves. And it's incredible. It is. And, you know, I've been able to heal myself through that process, you know, of positive thinking and lifestyle changes. And because I've been able to do that, I'm like, okay, there's not enough people having these conversations. There's not enough people letting you know that, that we're, we live in a system that is meant to keep you sick. Mm. You know what I mean? And I used to go to doctors all the time and they, all they wanted to do was put me on medication. And it's like, that's not getting to the root of the problem. And I had to take responsibility for my life at that point. It's like, and that all happened in the same year. It's crazy because I, I enrolled for my very first marathon in 2012. My dad got sick in 2012. Like I transitioned out of, um, you know, the first time that I transitioned out of my corporate job in 2012. So all of that started happening. And everything happens for a reason, right? Absolutely. Like you can never take your experiences for granted. You always have to learn from them, take responsibility for that, for where you are, and then kind of work backwards. Even though a lot of times people think, well, you, it, it's almost as though like you're going back to square one. Well, not really, because you wouldn't have the mindset that you have now or the experience. Like you have to have duality, right? Like mm-hmm. I knew what it was like to be in a very, very dark place with my health and like my environment and my thoughts and like everything, my relationships. And so you have to have that contrast, mm. right? Mm. So I knew what it was like to be really sick. And now I know what it's like to be healed. And I know what I had to go through to get from point A to point B. So, you, yeah. you know, you, it can be done. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a bit about your, your, this outreach program that you're doing, what you have done also with children. And is that something you do regularly? And, and, and about the healing work that you do specifically, what that involves? Yeah, well, I think it, it all goes hand in hand. It, like, I, I just feel like, um, well, I don't feel like I know that as human beings, we come into this earth and, and children are the purest souls, right? Like we yeah. come into this earth so pure. And I, I recognize that being around children was gonna help me heal as well, continue the healing process. Like children teach me every single day. So I do have a, I have a nanny service. Okay. Um, offer, And then I implement the lifestyle changes that I've made in my own life to the environments that I work in. So, because the thing is, is that if we don't start from a very young age, we're going to develop habits. I, you know, I developed these bad habits that, that led to my health conditions. I, that started from, from when I was a kid, Mm. you know? And I feel, I I feel like with relationships as well, like our habits really, um, sometimes we don't, we, we don't see what our habits are for ourselves until another person gets involved and kind of tells you that this is what you're doing. Exactly. I mean, it's always important to have that outside perspective, right? Like I came to this conclusion on my own, to be honest with you. Like when I got sick, I was so tired of feeling the way that I was feeling like my entire life. I mean, we, think about it. Like the average person is always sick, <laughs> you know? And I was just like, this can't be it. Like I have to, I, I know that there's, there's, cause you, 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 you read the Bible and, and I know that you have a, a, you know, relationship with God and stuff. And we were created to be perfect human beings. Perfect. Yeah, it's true. I know. No, it's our own habits that destruct. We, we, we are responsible for self-destruction. Mm. 
-hmm. you know? And so how can you teach people to heal themselves if you haven't done it for yourself? Yes, true. Right? Of course. So I had to go through the steps in order to, to do that for myself. And I was still, I was still, you know, working in the corporate world when I was going through like self healing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, once it got to, because I, I actually moved to Arizona from, um, another, you know, another corporate job in, in the fashion industry and moving here was what really accelerated my healing process. And what really rec what allowed me to recognize that no matter where I go, if I continue to go on this path, no matter where I go, it's always going to be the same. So I, if I've, I've been able to do this for myself, this has to be my purpose because I think that our purpose, each individual, uh, each individual has, um, I think we're all here to help one another, right? Okay. But everybody has a different realm. Like you, for instance, you, you're an actress, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you're in, in entertainment, you, you do this podcast, and that's your realm. Right. And you're able to connect with people on a different level in that realm. And I've been able to heal myself. So I'm, I'm able to connect with people that have had similar experiences as me mm -hmm. um, because I, I can relate to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I yeah. can teach them. Like, you may not do it the way that I do it, but these are the steps that I took. And you can apply these, like, core, the core steps, right, mm -hmm. to be able to pay attention to your own self. And to be able to do that. So, you know, with, with the kids that I work with right now, um, you know, I, I apply that. We do mindfulness practices. Like we do breathing because everything's connected, mind, body, spirit. And I recognize through that through my own uh, experiences. So helping that family change the way that they, that they eat in their environment and then just in, incorporating mindfulness practices. So like right now, Monday through Friday, I work with a two and a four-year-old. And we do, um, like whenever they, and the parents, they're so good about this too, because they implement that with them, like on a consistent basis when I'm not there. But whenever they get upset, for, for instance, like we, uh, we incorporate mindfulness breathing, wow, you know, wow. and then like, I don't, um, like I do all their grocery shopping and I, and I do their meal prepping and stuff. So like we incorporate, you know, more whole plant-based foods so they do a lot of like fruits and vegetables we don't do like processed sugars and stuff like that because mm -hmm. that was one thing that really I mean that was like the key thing for me was the lifestyle change of what I was eating yeah and wow. so I've been able to do that yeah wow yeah so it's like it's a whole holistic approach it's not just one thing absolutely it's all connected we are we are holistic beings anisa we are we yeah. are it's mind body spirit is all connected so if you if you focus on your mindset you know your mindset is going to allow you to make these shifts to to make better decisions when it comes to the things that you put into your body right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and i i learned a lot about the gut and mind connection you know 70 percent of your serotonin is made in your gut yeah. And so everything that you're feeding it is going to feed into that. And so it's going to mm -hmm. affect your mood. I used to suffer from anxiety, stress, like um, just a lot of different disorders and, you know, like, uh, you know, hormonal imbalances, all of that I've been able to correct with just the food that I eat. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That, that is amazing. And, and so how, how did like for people listening then when you, of course, if you have coaching through the process, it always becomes much easier when you feel like you're being led through something and, you know, guided through something. But for people who are wanting to make that 
make that change, you know, or change something about themselves internally, you know, whether it's, it's bad habits or whatever it is, or, or heal themselves from a particular experience. What is that first step according to you that one needs to, one needs to do it and, and some practical things that we can do on a daily basis? Uh, I think taking responsibility for where you're at is the number one thing. You know, I, nobody got me to the place that I was like, I got myself there. You know, I was the one that was feeding myself this bad food. I was the one that was putting myself in stressful environments. I was, you know what I mean? So taking responsibility is the first step making the decision that, you know what, I don't want to be in this place tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Because every single day we have an opportunity to recreate ourselves. I was just having this conversation. This, these are the type of conversations that I have with my parents. You know, <laughs> I was telling my dad, like, I was telling my dad, every single night we go to bed and we die to ourselves. Yeah. And every morning we resurrect and we have a new opportunity to make something new and to, you know, think better, live better, make, just make better decisions all around and to make an impact in the world around us. Because whatever, like the perspective that we have of ourselves is the perspective that we have of, of the world around us, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so just taking responsibility, making the decision, and then making 1% shifts every single day. Because that was really my downfall was that I wanted to go like all in, knowing that I hadn't developed the mindset yet. Mm-hmm. So you know, you have to make the 1% shifts in your mindset, waking up with gratitude, right? And being grateful for your body, great, being grateful for your breath, being grateful for the fact that we're here. We're live and breathing. Yeah. And I can make a decision to feed myself with something that's going to nourish me to make me feel better mm-hmm. and give me energy throughout the day. Or, you know, I, and, and some, how many people that you know that you know that wake up and just like go and not even mindful about the fact that they're breathing? Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, I am guilty of it. I think it's like a continuous process of just wanting to wanting to get better and and, and just baby steps. Like maybe baby steps. Yeah. One percent shifts. And one percent shifts isn't anything, but if you consistently do that every single day, mm-hmm. then you develop those habits. Because I mean, I'm 34 years old now. And it took me years, years to backtrack mm-hmm. and to like, you know, break all the bad habits that I had developed over the years, right? Mm-hmm. So I couldn't expect myself to be where I'm at now overnight. Yeah, but I think unfortunately, this is the mindset I think a lot of people struggle with because we're, we're in that sort of generation of everything being immediate and now. Yeah. Yeah. Let me take a diet pill. Let me take a diet pill. Let me go get plastic surgery. But at the end of the day, we're not getting to the root of the problem. Mm. We are the root of the problem. Yeah. Our mindset is the root of the problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, and surround your environment is everything. And I was, I mean, I worked in a job that the fashion industry is not what people think it is. Um, I really, I highly recommend people to watch, um, the the true cost it's a netflix series okay Um, because i was because i was in the industry and i was like on the back end of it i used to go to china um because i was in product development Mm -hmm. i used to go to china and i I saw the process from beginning to end and that shifted my perspective on like where i was 
And, and like, I thought that, you know, that was my passion. That was my purpose. And when I saw the true cost of what it takes to actually get, you know, to like product in store and like, you know, to see all the glim and glam of like the fashion industry, it's not what it, it's not what people think it is, you know? Mm -hmm. And I recognize that, that for, for all of us really is like, if we don't have our health, if we don't have a healthy mindset, if we don't live, um, if we don't live in a, in a, an environment within ourselves, that's healthy, everything else is going to be chaos. Yeah. That's such a good point. That's such a good point. Well, it's been, so, it's been so good talking to you. I just want to wind up with a few more questions, just sure. a, a quick fun round. But one thing that you do, you do for yourself, um, for your peace of mind and, and for that mental health daily, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be meditation, but whatever, whatever, whatever things that you do, which is specifically for this purpose, um, what gratitude. would those things be? Gratitude. Gratitude is the number one thing. And you know, it seems so simple. Yeah. It seems so simple, right? But like yeah. the most simple, the simple um, activity that we do is tends to be like the most, the hardest thing to do, right? Because mm. oftentimes we get so consumed with like everything else that's going on in our lives and we never take the time to just be grateful for everything that we do have already, right? Yeah. So gratitude has been something that I've implemented in my life daily when I wake up and when I go to sleep. Um, and then also, you know, just I went vegan and, um, and so just, you know, connecting with my food and just, you know, having that be more of a, like a spiritual practice, I guess, for me. And then solitude, like really taking the time to like be with myself, appreciate myself. And uh, because if I don't appreciate myself, then I'm not going to be able to appreciate the things, the things and the people around me. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's been like, that has been, uh, the core, like the yeah. foundation. And right? from and from a spiritual perspective, would you say how much of the faith is really, because clearly, um, you know, that was something also passed on from your parents and you seem to be extremely close to them as well. So is that something that you, you went without, obviously, when, when, you, when you sort of moved away from parents, you decided to consciously embed into your own lifestyle as well? And because often people make that disconnect after some time or feel like, they lose faith in between because of the circumstances life throws at you. So how have you, how have you kept that strong and kept that going? It wasn't always like that. In fact, because I, I grew up in such a like a uh, boxed religion, like mm -hmm. I was so turned off to spirituality, religion as a whole. And so it really, I, I walked away from it for many years, but um, we, we tend to forget that we are souls living the human experience. So spirituality is a part of our life, whether we want to admit it or not. We're mm. spiritual beings, you know? So through all my life experiences, I had to kind of, uh, instead of reverting back to what, what I was taught by other people to like um, how you should have a relationship with your creator, I had to develop that own idea within myself. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so the, the foundation was already set with what my parents taught me, but it was through my own life experiences and to my own connection to myself that I recognized that spirituality is who I am. It's who we are. And I can't run away from that. Mm -hmm. I can't run away from that. 
And so that, that, that's really kind of how I came to the conclusion of that is just through the life experiences and kind of what I learned about myself through that process. And then also, you know, learning from other teachers, like one of my favorite spiritual teachers is Deepak Chopra. And, um, you know, I, I implement a lot of his practices into my life and, that's what I've recognized is that I can't, I can't run away from that. That's who I am. Mm-hmm. And last, and last but not least, um, one thing that you love about yourself. I love the fact that I am, um, I'm so multifaceted. Like I'm really good at a lot, at a lot of things. And I think it's just because I've never allowed my fear to hold me back from anything. So mm-hmm. I've always been, you know, like, okay, I put my mind to something and I'm just going to do it, you know? And so I, ne- I never thought that like I was different because I thought that everybody operated that way. But I think that it's just been my fearless approach. It's like, well, if it doesn't work out, well, then I can just do something else or I can try it another way. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. So that's really what I appreciate and love about myself the most is the fact that I'm not scared to try something, even at, even if it's just once, just to say that I've done it. Wow. That's great. That, that's, that is a great quality to have for sure. Yeah. For sure. Oh, well, it's been so amazing talking to you, Rebecca. Thank you so much for being on the show and being part of this series. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. And I love everything that you're doing. You're making such an impact. And sometimes we think that, you know, the things that we do on a consistent basis is not being recognized, but it is. And I just appreciate, you know, everything that you're doing. And we're all in this together. Yes, for sure. For sure. Thank you so much. I'll be, I'll be talking to you soon. You're welcome. Have a wonderful day. Blessings you to you. You too. That was the end of another episode on Unplug with Annie. I'm continuing the series of Fierce next week where I'm talking to another amazing woman and I can't wait for you guys to hear the whole series so do stay tuned. For everything Unplug related do follow the IG and Facebook page at the rate Unplug with Annie. You can also go to the website www.unplugwithannie.com and subscribe to the newsletter so you're constantly updated with what's going on on the blog as well as the podcast. Until next week.